Hello, and welcome to the Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast. On today's episode, I am talking to Megan Hemphill, and she is the owner of the amazing Firebrand Collective, a co-working space in Kansas City that helps female entrepreneurs, freelancers, small business owners, and remote workers who want to work in a space they love alongside people who inspire them. How amazing is that? So today we are talking all things co-working spaces, what they are, when you need them, how to go find your own, um, as well as a lot of other things about business and feeling burned out and running two businesses at the same time, just all the things. We cover a lot. So if you have ever thought about co-working spaces or you're just hearing about them and you're like, what the heck is that? Today's episode is gonna clear all of that up for you. So let's dive in. Today's episode of the Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast is brought to you by CBF Strategy Sessions. What these are are one hour, no contract, no commitment sessions where we hop on a video call and I help you with whatever you need, whether it is figuring out some workflow systems or whether it is teaching you how to use some of the business tools that you're currently using but feel a little lost about or helping you figure out how to automate a few things so that you can get some of the tedious work off of your plate. Whatever it is that you need, I want to be there to help you. So. To get started, you can head on over to chelseabfoster.com forward slash strategy sessions to sign up for your very own no commitment, no contract strategy session. And as an added bonus, if you use the code podcast listener, I will go ahead and give you $50 off that strategy session. Again, that's code podcast listener. All right, head on over to the website to get started today. Welcome to the Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast, where we explore how you can give yourself permission to run your business and live your dream life on your own terms. You started your business to have more freedom. Let's help you find it. I'm your host, Chelsea B. Foster. Let's dive into today's topic. All right. So Megan, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited too. I love podcasts. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so I always start my interviews with you just sharing a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and how you got to be where you are. All right, so um, just going down the list in order, let's see, I'm, um, what kind of level of detail do you want here? Like I'm a 33-year-old white female with three kids and... <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't have to, doesn't have to be like a profile. <laughs> Okay, sweet. So I'm really bad at profiles. Yeah, um, no, just like you're like brief. Like this is like I am this. This is my business. This like if you were going to a networking thing, that intro, like your elevator pitch. So basically, what I guess the elevator pitch is always. It's not necessarily about what or who I am. It's always about what my business is and what we do for everyone around us. Um, yeah. I have a working space called Firebrand Collective. It is a small to mid-sized co-working space. I really, really like keeping things very intimate. And I'm a very strong believer in creating strong personal connections, even within your broader network. Um, so making sure that we have a very strong community is something that's really important to our co-working space. Um, we do mainly work with women. Um, we're not only women, but we are female-focused. Um, that's just something that has always been really important to me is giving strength to the female community, um, giving support to our community, especially in business. A lot of women, it takes a long time for them to kind of find their strength and find their legs. Um, so anything that we can do to make that happen a little bit faster or make you a little bit stronger 
that's, that's, that's our calling. That's our mission within our, Oh my gosh. I love that so much. (laughs) That's like music to my ears. (laughs) This makes me want to just fly to Kansas city just to come hang out at your co-working space for a while. (laughs) Come hang out. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. So talk to me about how you ended up opening up this co-working space. Okay. So way back a long time ago, I was a photographer. I worked out of my home for the most part, you know, other than photo sessions, I did all of my editing at home. I wore all the hats and I worked on all of that from my home. Um, I was also mother to young children, toddlers. And it was, you know, I think you don't realize some of the time when you're working and you're a solopreneur and you work a lot from home, it's, really easy to fall in that rut where you work by yourself. And sometimes you, I mean, the most meaningful interaction that you have is with like the cashier at Target, you know, <laughs> like yes, not really like the same thing as like a solid friendship. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I feel yeah. you, I feel you on that. Right? <laughs> we all get there. <laughs> so. yes. But I found myself in this rut of kind of loneliness and just feeling as a business owner, very alone. A lot of my friends are professionals who work in corporate America. And I was one of the only ones who was running my own business and it was lonely. You know, you second guess yourself, you get stuck inside your head all the time. So I was reading an industry uh, magazine and I came across a space that didn't provide, um, it didn't provide office space or desk space at all, but they were basically set up for photographers, female photographers to meet their clients. Like that was the whole thing that they did. It was a small space, but they had like three meeting rooms. And I remember thinking, like, how fantastic is that? I mean, it, it's this beautiful space where you can go, you can meet your clients, you can run into people who are, you know, kind of doing the same thing you're doing. You're getting out from, out from, you know, behind your desk, the desk that you work at every day, and you're mixing things up a little bit. It just captured my imagination. And then this was, I'm trying to think when that would have been, probably 2012. I think some, somewhere around 2014, I heard about my first co-working space and I just thought, my God, this is what I have to do. This has to happen. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah I really have chills right now. <laughs> it, you know, so exciting. a lot of iterations because at first we worked with photographers and we had studio space. And then I realized I, I didn't want to limit us that much anymore. So so we moved on to more traditional co-working, but it's just been, I mean, it's been fantastic. I mean, our door is technically open, let's see, February 11th. And um, even all, like already, we've just met so many amazing people and heard so many amazing stories, just people you'd never meet otherwise, you know. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Now, I did see on your website that you guys are moving to a new space, correct? Yes. So that's the reason we're not open yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. So when is your like official open that's coming up soon? Yeah. So the soft open is February 11th. It's a, I think I chose it cause it's a Monday. If I'm, I could be wrong about that. Don't listen to me. Um, I believe. <laughs> so, um, but so we're doing the soft open. It's very low, you know, low effort, just opening the doors and getting people who want to work with us right away in. We're doing a more like a grand opening with a big party in the middle of March um, right around that time where things start warming up in Kansas city and it's just warm enough that you want to get out and you need yes. to get out. 
Yes. You're not going to get frostbite on your face if you leave the house. You can't feel your eyebrow hairs freezing in place. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love that so much. I am definitely going to have to come. I come to Missouri all the time, as you guys that listen to me know. I visit my family all the time, so I'm definitely going to have to make a trip to Kansas City. Definitely come see. Yes. Oh, my God. Great. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So fun. Okay. So talk to me about what that transition looked like from, okay, I am owning my own, running my own photography business. I've got these two kids at home. How do you switch over and make this space happen? You know, there was this really long period where I tried to do, I tried to do both things. I tried to continue my photography business and run Firebrand you know, and while also wearing all of the hats for both of those companies and then all of the hats for my home life as well. Um, And that was like, it was hard. And it took me probably six months to finally be honest with myself enough to, you know, to just say, okay, it's time to let the photography go. I enjoy it. It's not my calling. You know, it's how did you get to that point? Because I know, like, there's a lot of us out there that have experience this and I feel like we need to open up that dialogue and share like those experiences with each other so that we know we're not alone because we do all go through this especially when we have families and we're trying to do all this work things it's overwhelming yes oh my gosh yeah and I think what what it came down to is just reaching the point where I mean, at one, at some point you're going to reach the point where you're dropping the balls in one sector. So you have to be okay being honest with yourself and realizing that you're not actually capable of keeping, of juggling all of that and keeping it all in the air. And at some point you're going to drop stuff and it's going to stop. It's going to start failing and you can either be stubborn and continue bulldozing ahead, you know, and in the end, you know, either both of your businesses and your home life suffers you know, or maybe you're doing really well at one thing and you're dropping this other thing completely. It just comes down to the point where you have to be able to be honest with yourself and look at the situation and make that right choice. And in a way, I mean, I guess it's related to ego because as women, we are expected to wear all these different hats and to wear them well. You know, and so it's not just about even being expected to, it's about like, it's kind of in that idea is ingrained, you know, Mm -hmm. into our psyche from a very young age. It really is. Yeah. And it's almost like we, I think we carry a sense of failure with us if we can't perform at this high functioning level all the time. And so it's like, you know, being honest, but also getting rid of that ego side of things and saying, you know, it's okay. It's not a failure. I don't need to be ashamed of this because I'm making yeah. this. It's going to allow me to be more successful. Exactly. And I also think we need to take that step back and evaluate our expectations on ourselves. And I know last year, that was something that I spent a lot of time with me and my therapist <laughs> just discussing like what, yeah, but really like her being like, Chelsea, why do you think that? Where is that expectation coming from? Is that internal and you're creating that? Or is that an actual expectation that you have to meet? And nine times out of 10, actually, I would probably say 9.9 times out of 10, (laughs) um, it was totally a made up expectation that I had for myself that I fabricated in my head because 
I had some thought that this is how life was supposed to be and I was supposed to be doing it this way. All those, I should, I should, I should, yeah. instead of what really actually mattered to me. And I think we all get to that point where we, like you said, we have to take that step back and evaluate what are the balls that we care about keeping up in the air? And what are yeah. the balls that we're okay yeah. dropping? Absolutely. What, which exactly. is the most important? Exactly. And I, um, I've been reading this book and you guys have asked me to talk more about books on the podcast. So it's definitely going to be a whole episode all by itself, but it's all about, um, how, uh, what's the name of it? I know how she does it all. I think, I don't know. Well, on the episode, I'll share the exact title with you guys, but it, she does a whole bunch of research on women and how they're very successful. They have amazing careers. They have families. How do they have it all? And the way most of them have it all is by prioritizing and figuring out what does having it all mean to me, yes. not to society. Oh, absolutely. Because what, what that means to you is probably going to be wildly different from what that means to me. And it, it changes based on where you're at in life anyway. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, having it all two years ago looked pretty darn different from what having it all is now for me. Yes. Uh, yeah, man, that book sounds amazing. I think I need to read it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I'm listening to it on audiobook and it's kind of hard because it's research based. And I've said this before to you guys, like my, my criteria for picking audiobooks is usually fiction or like non numbers related nonfiction. And so this one, it has a lot of numbers in it. She's sharing exact data. And I'm like, okay, oh, I, I got to write this down so I can I'm like figure so out what number means. Yep. I'm the same way. I don't know if I could, do, I'd be like pausing it to take notes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's taking me a long time to get through because normally I listen to books while I'm like in the shower or cooking dinner or doing dishes, not when I have my hands free. So Yeah. Well, so I have some podcasts that I listen to, but one of them is the same way. It's very research heavy, mm -hmm. very numbers heavy. And so like, I'll listen to different episodes like three or four times because I, I want to make sure that I've got everything that I can get out of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just going to happen. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, so definitely like if you were feeling... Like you're running all over the place. You're juggling way too many balls. Take a step back, oh, yeah. reevaluate which ones do you actually care about? Which ones do you want to hold on to? And which ones are you okay letting go of? Because you're going to have to let go of some, otherwise you're going to burn out. Yeah. Well, and I mean, too, it's, I think, especially those of us who have dependents like small children, or, I mean, even those of us who have, I mean, don't get me wrong, like dog babies or cat babies or, you know, whatever. Sometimes you, you start, you're juggling these balls and you think it's because they're important to you, but they're not actually important to you. You think it's almost, it's going back to what you were talking about earlier, like this self-appointed role. Yep. It, it, you put that all on you. Like my yep. kid doesn't care. Like I have one kid who could care less if I ever volunteer in his classroom. He does yep. not care. But I had given myself this task that I was going to volunteer frequently in his classroom. And so finally one day I thought, well, this is dumb. He doesn't even care if I'm here or not. Like, that's not his jam. You know, he wants to play Nintendo with me after school. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, it, it's going right back to, okay, what, which one of these ideas, which one of these roles have I put on myself that mm -hmm. really isn't necessarily the most beneficial? And it's okay to get rid of that. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. And I love that you realized that because I feel like a lot of times, whether it's with your kids or with work or with your husband or whoever in your life, we don't take that moment to actually like take a step back and think, okay, is this what they actually need from me? Or is this what I want to yeah. give them? Yep. And often those are very different things. Well, and that's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so true. It's so ridiculously true, but we all do it. We yeah. don't think that it's super important. We do. Like dinner on the table or, you know, like that kind of like that housewifey thing that we all buy into at some point. Yes. And then after a while, I'm laughing because this was like literally the first thing I worked with my therapist on was dinner on, at, on the table at six, even though that never happened. And neither of us ever wanted to eat at six. Like I had this idea, I was beating myself up about it. I did too. I've been there. The six o'clock dinner, man. Yes. Why does that? Make- I still have no idea where it came from. I don't either. Growing up, we never ate at six. I mean, no. ever. No. No, we were lucky if we were all home at six. Right? Yeah. It's, that's the, oh, it's so true. But yeah, we just yeah. give ourselves these ideas and these crazy standards that we hold ourselves to for no reason. And, you know, and if you're not careful, it starts to breed resentment. But it's something that you've placed on your own shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And this, if you're sitting over there and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How does this apply to my business? Oh, it does. Take a look. <laughs> yes. Like these, these expectations that we put on ourselves are not just related to food and our home life. Like I promise you, you are doing something in your business that you made that expectation and you're beating yourself up for something, even though it doesn't actually matter. Oh yeah. I promise. Yep. I agree so. completely. I mean, social media yeah. is the first thing that pops into my head. We, especially with people who are new in their businesses, they think that they need to be covering all their social media bases. Yes. And you don't know. So, you know, like Twitter is not a big draw or not, not a big puller for us. Mm-mm. And so like we have a Twitter account, but we post sporadically because it's, you know, once you start looking at your numbers and you start, you know, pulling in those, um, those statistics, those reports, it's really easy to see where you're getting the most pull and where your audience is. So exactly. don't bust your butt by wearing someone else's idea of what you should be doing. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I remember when I first started, there were a lot of people saying you need to be posting three times a day on Instagram, five to 10 times a day on Facebook even more than that on Twitter. And I like immediately, I already hated Twitter. So I was like, I am not doing Twitter. So. <laughs> no, I don't understand Twitter. Like you guys that get Twitter, I love you. Husband's <laughs> one of them. I am not, I don't get it at all. Instagram, I get like, my husband does not understand Instagram at all, but it is my jam. So same. But I'm yeah, same. once I finally decided, okay, this is not working for me. This is not like I'm not getting any results from this. I'm just stressing myself out and decided I'm only going to post three times a week. Oh yeah. Like it was amazing. Like how much lighter I felt. Right. Like the sense of freedom is huge. And it's so funny because it's going back to that idea that you put on yourself. Like exactly. Because you put it there. (laughs) Exactly. Same thing with like having those perfect photos. Like I let go of that expectation and yeah. Oh, it was amazing. And I also found a stock photography um, site that I love. 
And so now I just like pull photos from there and everything's consistent. I don't have to worry about it. It's amazing. Yep. So I'm a big fan of stock photography. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Makes my life easy. Especially for those of us that are not great at taking our own photos. So. <laughs> I just always forget. Like I have this beautiful, like lovely camera that does amazing things and I'm, I never have it anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I like, I bought a camera. You guys can't see it, but Megan can see it. It's right there. Oh yeah. And it's a DSLR. It's gorgeous. I love it. It takes amazing photos. I'm slowly learning how to use it well. And yeah, I only take it out maybe like four or five times a year. I know. I, sh and it's just, I used to carry mine everywhere. Yeah. Really off that bandwagon at this point. <laughs> I mean, the phones, I mean, the cameras on our phone are so good right? now. Like, yes. And I think the camera on my phone has more pixels or megapixels than my, that my DSLR does. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, okay. So my first digital camera only had like 6.4 like megapixels. Right? <laughs> like I carry way, we carry way more around in our pockets. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was going through some of my stuff at my dad's house a couple of years ago and I found my camera from high school and I think it was four megapixels. Yep. And oh my gosh, I thought it was like the best thing. The photos were so clear. And now I look at those photos and I'm like, oh, there's no so bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did all of my prom pictures from senior prom were on like an early digital camera, like all of them. And I printed them off at home, which makes it yes. Oh my God, they're so bad. The colors are awful. They're super pixelated. Like, like our lips are like, It's just really bad. I don't know why, but like, I feel like really blue was in style. Like blue photos. Yeah. Were really in style back then. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anywho, that was a lovely little. Right. A little tangent. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So back to the co-working space. Yeah. <clears throat> now that we have kind of like heard about your experience getting into co-working, can you tell us more exactly what is a co-working space? Mm. And let's just start there and then I'll ask more questions. Okay. So essentially what a co-working space is, um, if you're boil, if you're going to boil it down to like the nitty gritty, it's a space that provides desks. Sometimes they have private offices. Sometimes they don't. Um, they usually provide meeting spaces. So anything from a small like four person meeting space to a big conference room. Um, and any, essentially they're going to have any of the things that an office building would have, but it's available to the public for usually it's a membership base. Like we have three memberships. It goes from a you know, community membership at $75 a month. It, it basically lets you pop in five times a month, anytime you want. And you can just find a seat and plug in your laptop and get to work. Um, and then it goes all the way up to the highest level of membership has a, you know, a desk that is only theirs. It has secure storage. They have 24 seven access. Um, all of our members have access to our meeting spaces. You know, we have phone booths for if you want to have like super private conversations um, but, I mean, that essentially is a co-working space is a place for freelancers, entrepreneurs, small business owners, remote workers to go, you know, to work around other people because it's so, it's really so important to the human psyche to, 
you know, be part of a community. So this provides that for people who don't necessarily have that built into their lives. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Yeah. If you guys have not checked out a co-working space, just Google it. I guarantee there is probably a couple in your neighborhood. If you're yeah. near a big city, there are a lot in all of the big cities. I promise. Um, so just Google it, take a look and see if there's any near you and go check them out. I know a lot of them offer free tours and like, like come in for a day to just test it out to see if it's something that you want. Um, but if you are like, if my audience is thinking, okay, how do I know if I'm ready for a co-working space? What would you tell them? So I think that depends on, depends on a diff- couple different things. Number one is personality. Some of us need to be around people more than others. And so whether or not, I think it's, it, when it comes right down to it, it's not really, am I ready for a co-working space? It really is, wh- how much do I need a co-working space? Yes. You know, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Yeah. It's because it's true. And like you were saying, most co-working spaces, they'll offer free tours, but a lot of them also have day passes. And so if you hop around, I tell people all the time, I'm like, co-working is about flexibility. You know, if you don't want to belong to one co-working space and you want to just mix things up a lot, take advantage of those day passes. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, hop around to a couple different, you know, grow your network that way. It's a wonderful way to grow your network. Um, But I think what it comes down to is, when you're at a point where you are actively looking for collaboration or you're actively looking for some type of um, network building um, in your, for your business or your personal life, your career, um, that's around the time that I would say you're probably ready for a co-working space because it's, it's so much more than just going somewhere to work. You're becoming part of a community. Um, especially it's a great way to meet mentors. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's a natural way to meet mentors because you're working in the same space frequently. You start to get to know people um, on, a, on a very, in a very natural way. It's not at all forced. Um, but yeah, so it depends on what you're looking for. But nine times out of 10, you're ready for a co-working space. You just need to figure out how much you need it. You know, if you want Absolutely. to day, you don't. Um, yeah, that would be my answer. Like if you're pulling your hair out because you know, you've like been talking to your cat for four days straight, you're ready for a co-working space. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. If you are sitting at home and you just like, you never leave, you need to figure out a way to go work with other people. Like you really do. And think about if you were back in your nine to five, you were probably around people all day long. And I know when I transitioned away from my nine to five to my own business, that was one of the things that I had the biggest struggle with because I was in an open office concept. All of our desks were in the same room. We were all talking to each other all day long. I could hear them on their phone calls. Um, If someone came in the office, I heard that conversation like all day long. It was people and noise. And then here I was by myself at home in silence. Mm -hmm. And it was that was overwhelming to me. My husband would get home and I would be like, Oh my gosh. And I would just like start talking to him. And he was like, Whoa, (laughs) you need to chill. Been there, done that. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely like look into co-working spaces. I think that they are fantastic. It's a great way, like you said, to build those relationships um, and start like networking yourself and just finding who else is in your city and in your area 
because I guarantee you, you're not the only one doing what you're doing. You're not the only one doing something that's tangentially related or that is interested in what you're doing. There are people that are going to want to know what you're doing and be so excited and help you get to wherever you want to go. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the thing with being in business. I, I continually just say this again and again and again, but it all comes down to who you know. And that's not like a sleazy thing. It's not a gross thing. It's the reality of the situation. And when you're working in a co-working space, that's going to be pulling in people that you're not necessarily going to meet in a normal setting for you. Um, like one of our groups right now, we have people who are, and these women who work in such different areas that when we combine our efforts, we have a, like this kind of a, a really broad um, talent pool, you know, and skill set to pull from that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have if I weren't in this, you know, with this co-working space. Um, and, you know, it's really great to be like, you know, you're sitting down and you're like, hey, I have an issue with this and I know that you're really good at this. And before you know it, you've got this friend who's doing something that, you know, just really quick off the cuff because they know who you are and there's this shared experience. Um, Absolutely. Really gorgeous thing about co-working spaces. Everyone kind of pulls together without even thinking about it. And it's really lovely. Exactly. Exactly. Every time that I step into one, it kind of reminds me of like when I was in college and we had the student union where you could go and study. Like it has that same vibe that same, like, yeah, you all come in and you're all working, but like chances are the person at the table next to you is working on something similar or took that same class last semester and could help you. <laughs> yeah. So well, like, we needed to do some press releases and I was like, I don't know, like I've Googled it, but I, you know how like you Google things when you're a business owner and like there's the answer technically is satisfactory. It's out there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It either doesn't but go it all the way. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Um, so one of, one of my, uh, one of my members, I, I was talking about doing these press releases and how overwhelming it was because I didn't know what I was doing. That's not my wheelhouse. And you know, it's right up her alley. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'll just email you these things, you know, in like five minutes and you'll be good to go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And all it took was, man, I'm really frustrated by this. Yeah. Being like within earshot. So yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. I love it so much. So, so much. Okay. So if someone is there, they've decided I want to go co-work. Yeah. How do they decide like which one's right for them? Like if they're looking online or they've tried, like come to a couple, like what are some key things to look for that you've seen that tend to help people and support them a lot? So honestly, I'm a huge, huge um, proponent of trying, like trying all the spaces in person, like tour them, call, get your favorites, get some day passes, go multiple times up to, I mean, I would say three times because, you know, co-working is flexible, like I said. And so the people who are there one time it might be a completely different group the next. Um, so it's, it, and like most workspaces, it, a lot of your satisfaction is going to come down to the people who work around you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. good, like if you, maybe somebody really loves the idea of firebrand, which is female focused, but 
you know, we all have our ideal clients. And so, you know, maybe they have this idea of what Firebrand's ideal client is. They get in the space and that's not who it is. And they actually don't like the culture. That happens and it's okay. But in order to really know, try it multiple times. Go back again. You know, day passes are not expensive. They're usually like less than $10. Um, So yeah, I mean, that would be my biggest thing is once you do your original tours and you call it all down, go multiple times to the ones you think you like best. Try them all. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that's true whether you're looking at co-working spaces or anything else in your business, like you got to investigate and explore and give yourself that time and flexibility to actually experience the thing and see if it's a good fit for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing too is the way a place looks definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm the first to admit I am a sucker for good packaging. I want the space I work in to be pretty. I want there to be lots of natural light. Like I am not above that. And I'm happy to admit it. (laughs) You know, but I also have community requirements. I want people to be there. You know, so there are several, there are some, some of the larger co-working spaces I think are really nice if you like people around, but you don't, you want to be able to find like those nooks and crannies where you can get away from people. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you'll walk through these huge co-working spaces. There are maybe 30 people there. Yeah. Um, so lots of space to kind of spread out and do your own thing. And people aren't right on top of each other. Our space is about 7,000 square feet and it's open concept. You know, if you're really wanting a place that's not, that you're not going to be able to hear people on their phones, we're probably not for you. Um, you know, it's just, it's the reality of the situation. Um, yeah. You know. And I think you bring up a good point there that like all the co-working spaces, they do feel a little different. And I think it's okay to be like, okay, today I really need, I need to get out, but I still need that solitude. So I'm going to go to this co-working space today. And today I need to get out, but I need to be around and involved with people. So I'm going to go to this place because I'm probably going to get to have conversations with other people. Right. Yeah. Um, The other thing, and the other thing you look at as well when you're looking at co-working spaces is um, if programming is really important to you. Some co-working spaces are really programming heavy and others aren't. Um, So if programming is important, if that's a perk that you want to take advantage of as a member, definitely look at their, you know, at their events calendar, figure out what they're doing. If that's the type of event you're interested in, you know, because you're not necessarily, you know, maybe you want daytime programming and instead they do a lot of evening like cocktail mixers or whatever. Um, So look at, look at those extra things that they offer, the amenities Um, because sometimes, you know, you can have this long list of amenities, but if it's not what you're interested in, it's not probably, you know, that, that space is probably not going to be on the top of your list. So pay attention to all those extras because they're throwing those in there to provide value. Make sure it's something that you're going to really take advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when you are getting your membership, you're paying for all of those extras too. Yeah. That's that pricing model. (laughs) Exactly. So make sure that you're able to take advantage of that. I know here in the Bay area, a lot of the co-working spaces are geared more towards engineers. And so a lot of their programming and their workshops and events are geared towards programming. And I'm just like, that's cool, but I don't really code. So those are not going to work for me. Yep. So (laughs) that's another thing. Like, I am so glad that you brought up the programming and taking a look at that events calendar because there are some that are doing amazing workshops 
around the world, especially communities that have great creative communities. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wish I lived in a more creative community. We have a couple, but, um, we have a couple, they're not really co-working spaces. They're more like maker spaces, but they do some amazing things as far as like programming and just these little like social, um, events that they put on. They're just so fun and so cool. And there's this constant rotation of makers in and out of those spaces. It's really, really exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is another thing on top of just looking at co-working spaces. If you are a maker out there and you create crafts for yourself or for your clients, definitely take a look at maker spaces as well. It's the same concept, just more room for you to like oh, yeah. do your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> bring your equipment in, you know, like you can, exactly. sewing, you can do your laser cutting. Like that's what they're. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I know there are a few out here that actually have like, there's one that has um, a laser machine so you can laser cut like large projects. And there's another one that has, um, I don't know what the wood cutting thing is. What oh is yeah. It? A jigsaw, I think. I don't know, but it's a table like set in the table. And then one of them has like this program one. It's kind of like a 3D printer, but you can cut wood with it and metal. Cool. Yeah. So just like whatever you're interested, even if you want to like pick up a hobby and seriously consider just like asking a friend, can you just bring me and show me how to do this and we can just play because they have a membership. Well, and sometimes these makerspaces, I'm thinking of one here in town in particular, it's called Cherry Pit Collective. And they'll put on like workshops where you can go and like make things and you're, you're being mm-hmm. taught does this every day for their, and it's, a, it's their livelihood. Uh, it's really yes. yes, yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So fun. So, so fun. Okay. So let's kind of wrap things up here. <laughs> you work like you do like an in-person business. Yeah. How do you keep from burning out being around that many people and juggling that many things all the time. So my, the, the one thing that I've learned that really works for me is to set very firm boundaries. Like if I'm like, I have hours that I work and my members know, like there's a certain, you know, there's a hierarchy for how, like how you decide how to contact me after hours. (laughs) Cause if it's an emergency, don't call my phone. (laughs) I will not be happy. You know, but once I walk out those doors, it's pretty much like I'm there for my family after, you know, after work, that's family time. Um, So I'm pretty compartmentalized as much as you can be when you run your own business, especially when it's an in-person business. Um, But setting those boundaries has been huge. Awesome. How did you communicate that with your coworkers and your staff? So that is all built into our membership agreement. And yeah. Yep. They sign it. Uh, we go over it verbally. They have PDF copies sent to them. Like it is all there. <laughs> okay. So if you're listening and you've heard me talk about contracts, oh if you God. haven't listened yep. to the episode <laughs> of the next Stepanian, I have told you several, several times on this podcast, you need to have your boundaries in your contract. It's you just need to do it. <laughs> This is why it's like signing that piece of paper that makes it so much more legitimate and so much more official. (laughs) Exactly. And it's a great thing if you can refer back to it and be like, "Mm, so you keep contacting me at midnight. You sign this agreement. If you do it again, we are no longer working together. Yeah. I love having that in my back pocket. Not that I've ever had anyone do that. Most people 
follow those boundaries and they are very respectful of my own boundaries. Um, but being yeah. able to like use that card if I have to. Well, it's just setting expectations right up front. Mm -hmm. Expectations are really, really important in a successful relationship. Managing those. Mm -hmm. An important part of, you know, being successful coworkers. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it's voluntary. I mean, we're all voluntary coworkers in a coworking space. So. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it so much. So you guys, you have it in the agreement. You go over it verbally. Um, are, are they posted anywhere? Um, they're posted in our Slack community uh, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then they also, there are links. They're not, um, they're not necessarily public pages, but we have them on our website as well. And so it's like, if anything happens, I just, you know, refer to this link, please. The answer oh you're like, I'll tell you verbally, but if you ever need to look it up again, here's this link, you know, we cover everything in our membership agreement. So it's oh very goodness. important. I love it so much. So, so much. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So talking about burnout. I know that you already told us you've experienced a little bit of burnout, but if you are talking to a friend and they are near burnout, what would you tell them to do? My first, I think the first thing I would always say is take a break. It's okay. Your business is not going to implode if you walk away, you know, even for you know, three days. If you really feel the need to automate a couple things before you do that, get that done, get it off your plate, walk away, take a break, really like, well, kind of like we were talking about earlier, taking that step back because sometimes, in fact, a lot of the times when you're running your own business, you're so in it, you know, that you can't really see a situation properly or it just feels like it feels so overwhelming. Um, but once you take that step back and you take a break, read a book, you know, do something else, do something unrelated. Um, and it's amazing the amount of clarity that comes with that. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes burnout is just, it comes back to those expectations that we place on ourselves. Um, you know, and being able to separate what is real versus what is not real, I think is the key to at least preventing burnout. You know, as, yes. You know, and with a lot of us, I mean, let's not lie. We get bored really easily. I feel like entrepreneurs are kind of like, well, I did this for three years and it was fun and I had a great time and now I'm ready to move on. So mm -hmm. also going back to what we were talking about earlier, being honest with yourself, you know, are you burnt out because you need a break or are you burnt out because you are bored and you need to spread those wings a little further and maybe try something else? Yes. So sometimes all, you know, it just takes looking at the situation a little bit further removed than you normally are. Um, and a lot of truths kind of pop out, pop out at you at that point. Yes, I completely agree. Totally 100%. And like you said, if you need to automate a couple things before you leave, get that done. In fact, if you feel like you need to automate things to take a break, you should do that now before you feel like you need a break. <laughs> do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, that's um, the other thing too. When you can automate things, it takes even though you're still wearing the hat, it kind of takes the pressure off. And exactly. that in and of itself can be a huge, huge relief um, that can, I don't know, it, it just makes you feel like you're a little bit more capable of handling a little bit more. 
Exactly. Well, it also frees you up to do some other things. Like the first things I always automate are the things that I hate doing. Same. <laughs> Get those things off your plate. Like, come on now. You don't have to be doing the things that you don't like doing. I mean, sometimes we have to because we're adults and not everything is fun, but <laughs> it's true. Adulting. You can automate a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Automation is your friend. <laughs> yes, it so is. Oh my goodness. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been amazing. I just, oh my gosh, if you guys are ready for co-working, which I guarantee that you probably are, go check out some spaces. If you're in the Kansas City area, go check out Firebrand. And where can we find you online after the podcast? So we have a website, um, firebrandcollective.com, but we're really, really active. Uh, well, not, okay, I lied. We're not really, really active on Instagram, but we are active on Instagram. Um, that's my favorite platform personally. So, um, but, uh, so yeah, so you can find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash firebrand collective. Um, and we're actually, I think we're looking at starting a Facebook group here shortly, um, probably to coincide with our grand opening in March. So keep an eye out for our Facebook group, um, probably via our Facebook page also under firebrand collective. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I will link all of that for you guys in the show notes. So you have that for yourselves just at a click of a button. So Megan, thank you so much for being here. So much. This was great. I had a great time. Yay. Oh my gosh, I did too. Okay. So on today's episode, Megan shared so much information about co-working spaces and about giving yourself permission to just get out there and explore and meet new people. And so as with every episode, I'm going to give you a permission slip, something to help you give yourself permission to take that step forward and make a difference this year in your business. So your permission slip today is simply to just look up ways to collaborate and to co-work with other people in your area. Whether that is finding a co-working space or it's finding a networking event or it's going to your local coffee shop and just getting out of the house and being around other people that are working on their businesses, I want you to do that. Give yourself permission to get out of the house and go find some collaboration and some other people to talk to about your business. So that's it. I just give myself permission to get out of the house and find some co-working opportunities. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. If you loved it, I would love it if you would head on over to your favorite podcast app, click subscribe. And if you feel like it, let us know your thoughts um, in a review. And I would love it if you would join me over on Instagram. That is where I hang out most of the day. And I would love to continue talking to you about your business and encourage you this year as you build your business and build your dreams. So come, come find me on Instagram. I'm at Chelsea B Foster, and I would love to hang out with you some more. All right. Have a great day.